Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Thank you guys so much for being here for this episode. Today is a really special day. We are interviewing a dear friend who is sharing her to open up those old wounds. But so many women are going to be blessed by this Mm -hmm. because of your healing journey. You are healed and we just don't take that lightly. So before we begin, we're going to pray um, a sealing and a blessing prayer for you Mm -hmm. and for everyone listening. Father, I thank you for this healing through the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit. I praise you for your great mercy and power and for sending Jesus in the power of the Spirit to heal our broken hearts, to free us from all bondage. I ask now for you to seal this healing and to close any remaining doorways by the precious blood of Jesus and the gentle ministry of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you will bless me and everyone listening and the person we're interviewing today now with a new infilling of your spirit and with a new understanding and authority of their identity in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Please especially bless everyone who's listening today and anyone who's suffering from abortion or healing from a deep, deep wound. We are with you and we are just so blessed by this episode already. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, without further ado, we would love to start this episode. Um, Today's guest is um, a dear friend, She is a wife, she's a mother, um, and she also works in ministry. Um, So we just, we know that this episode is going to be so healing for so many. And I've already gotten text messages today of, you know, women with similar stories who are very excited to hear this story um, because of the fact that you you have this beautiful family um, and beautiful life right now. Um, So we would love to kick it off with um, just the opportunity uh, to give you the floor and share a little bit about you. Um, you know, what what does life look like right now? And then we can go into kind of the backstory. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, it's it's a really um, a blessing to be able to, to share um, a little bit about my story. Um, obviously, it hasn't always been easy, but um, God is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, uh, I'm a mother. I have two kids and, um, you know, um, a wonderful husband who is just really supportive and, and just has been really, really helpful um, in in my healing and um, in just so many different ways in my life. But, yeah, I, um, I'm very grateful to work um, and with the church and really um, hopefully – helping people, um, just finding Christ and and growing Mm -hmm. their relationship with, with God. Um, it's, yeah, God has really just helped me, um, find a lot of healing, um, in a lot of different ways in my life and just being able to, um, just really find, um, blessings through the many things we do while also, um, remembering, um, my child in heaven and Mm -hmm. in many different ways, um, as I go about my day. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been just very freeing, um, mm-hmm. just, you know, being able to, to have, um, 
to to be able to do ministry and really just to to have family that I I really never thought I would have. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, one thing I think is so beautiful is um, uh, the way that I found out about this part of your story was actually at. Um, a ministry event that we were both working and I I just so vividly remember it. We were about to, it was like the talk was about to start and and it was with um, teens or something like that. And I just don't even remember how it came out. Like maybe we were talking about miscarriage and loss and things like that. And I just remember the way you said it um, just so freely in the conversation. I left that and I was like, I had tears in my eyes because I really knew by the um, confidence in the way that you talked about your story to me that you knew you had been healed. Um, I have, I know other women who have a very similar um, story who it's so painful and still very hard for them to talk about, but you said it so plainly. And I thought that that really stuck with me that you have a confidence in Christ that I know um a lot of women still long to have. Um, so for those women who are still in that place, um, could you walk us back a little bit um, and, and tell us kind of how you found yourself in that place, what that looked like, and, and did you have support? Like kind of what were people kind of saying in your circles? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I definitely didn't have the faith that I have right now. Growing up, um, I was – um, I grew up kind of Catholic, but really had really poor catechesis and really didn't um, really know church teaching or like really didn't have um, very good role models in my life and um, really carried out a very secular lifestyle. And um, plainly speaking, it was introduced to um, just like sexual sins at a really early age. Um, and it just like, you know, uh, just a lot of promiscuity around me and just kind of, you know, um, just making certain choices, um, in that direction, um, pretty young age. Um, eventually, um, when I went to college, um, I kind of had my big reversion slash conversion. Uh, I feel like much more like a convert than a river, <laughs> um, but um, but even that, it was it was slow. Um, you know, there was this awesome campus ministry which I was starting to get involved, but I also still like partying, hanging out with guys, and all those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I just really no one really ever explained to me um, the toll of um, of you know sex with with guys um outside of marriage and and like just kind of making those choices Mm -hmm. um so so yeah that took a while to click really for me um even as I started to go more to church and and become a little bit more involved and create some of those circles Mm -hmm. but you know there was a lot of other wounds that I was still trying to heal from and you know figuring out so it, it was a slow process um so yeah, so I was I was involved a little bit in campus ministry. I was involved with people with 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 some Catholic people, but again, I wasn't also living out fully that life. So mm-hmm. um, I started seeing this guy, and at the time, like I had just come off of a bad relationship, so I didn't really want anything serious, and like we were 
just hanging out, I guess you could say. Um, and eventually we actually did start officially dating or become exclusive, whatever you want to call. But right before that happened, actually, um, I, I got pregnant. We, you know, we're using condoms and, you know, uh, things don't always work out the way you expect them to because mm-hmm. those are not hundred percent. Um, and it's really funny looking back, like, you know, I do natural family planning now uh, with my mm-hmm. family and it's just been such a blessing. And like I, at that time, even though I didn't really have that, I understood enough about the concept of like when ovulation and uh, I was just like, I'm pretty sure I think I got pregnant. Um, and we had other situations, which unfortunately um, we took the route of taking the plan B pill, mm-hmm. um, which it's, I guess, a whole other <laughs> you know, facet of the story. But um but yeah, this one time, you know, it um it you know, I, I actually became pregnant and um around that time um it was summer and I actually ended up having to go back home to be with my parents. So um I was kind of removed from my Catholic community almost completely just because, you know, I just wasn't at college. I wasn't at the campus ministry. I wasn't surrounded by those people. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, my parents, uh, my dad, um, isn't Catholic. So, um, so yeah, I found myself pregnant and I found myself without those support, um, systems. And I really wasn't, I really struggled with reaching out to any of those people. So I really didn't tell any of them. And mm-hmm. I just told a friend from back home and I told my then boyfriend, uh, my friend um, tried to be very supportive. She really didn't want me to get an abortion, but she was also trying to just kind of be there for me. Um, my boyfriend, um, he, You know, he is your typical good guy by a lot of people's eyes. And I'm not saying that he isn't. But um, the first reaction when I told him I was pregnant, it was, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. But we can't have this baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in my head, you know, there is, I think a big part of me was pro-life or wanted to be pro-life. But Mm -hmm. I had this, you know... Uh, it's just hard when you're in that position it's just hard yeah. it's hard to think things through through hormonal I remember just feeling very sick um, mm. I just didn't feel well I didn't like being pregnant but at the same time I was talking to my baby in the womb yeah. so there was a sense of me that that longed for that child uh, yeah. I think in a very deep way even if I didn't um, wasn't able to really process that at the time Oh, which is so yeah that's so beautiful everything you just shared um one thing that really struck me is how you said your friend was being a good friend and just trying to be there for you and one of the reasons why Ken's and I really wanted to do this podcast is um we have like friends all over the spectrum right that believe all different Mm -hmm. things and um we know that one in four women um, have an abortion. And so we know that there are friends in all of our circles that um, are affected by this. And part of the thing that we wanted to uh, like talk about is 
like how to really um, be there for somebody and um, be so supportive in that moment, because like you said, you were so scared. Um, So that would, that's interesting. And we'd love to just know like what could have, you know, been said. I think it would depend a little bit um, person by person. I actually recently um, had a friend who um, got pregnant and her baby was diagnosed with Down syndrome. So she was having a lot Mm. of pushback from the doctors to Mm. have an abortion. Um, And the baby was also going to have some other health issues. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was like, you know, she was talking to me about it because she knew about my own experience. So, you know, me personally, again, I got to share a little bit of my, my experience and the things that I've learned from talking to other women who have had an abortion. Uh, but personally, I just tried to affirm that I loved her, that I was there for her, and that I would actually help her through each step yeah. of the way. I think yeah. Yeah. that is the hardest part because I think, and not to get on a soapbox, but you know, like when they talk about being pro choice, women who make that decision feel like they have no choice. So there's really no choice involved in this. When you feel like your only option is to have an abortion, your choice, your free freedom has been completely taken away from you. Even if you don't realize that you might have other options. But I think it's about with them resources, you know, like I was researching for her some like psychologists that could maybe she could talk to because I think that's something like your again, your brain's bombarded with hormones that you might not be able to even think straight. So like, like trying to help them in tangible ways. And again, that might be different depending on the situation. But again, affirming that that they're loved, that they Mm -hmm. are, that you care for them, that you're going to support them and not in a like, oh, you know, I'm going to support you. Like, no, I like I'll go to the medical appointments with you or like, like a real like, way. Yeah. Um, whatever it is that they need, you know, different people might need different things, but just kind of trying to find what their needs are and what is, what is kind of getting them to towards that decision. Like what mm-hmm. um, maybe you can offer that might make a difference. And, um, and even like, I must say like people that go, pray outside of clinics are amazing because I had someone that was outside a clinic and I almost listened to them mm. and to this day I really wow. wish I had oh, but I, I remember to this day that like they they just said something like you were loved or something it wasn't anything bad it was wonderful and I just wished I had stopped um, but you know it's oh. it's it's important to just kind of try to fig- figure out how 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 you can kind of serve those people and just being there and connecting them to other people that maybe have had similar experiences mm-hmm. hopefully it would I think could be helpful I wish I, I knew more people back then and I think that's just it um when you speak about I love what you said about how you had other sexual sin happening right beforehand mm-hmm. um and I think it's so easy Bridge and I were talking about this before the episode to you know kind of think abortion is the big wrong thing or, um, you know, so many things, but it's all of us have wounds. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. just an example of a wound of a choice, you know, of a, of a, of a choice you made and, and without the, um, the support and help that could have changed that choice. Right. But we all make choices mm-hmm. in our life that are 
maybe we would, if we went back, we could change them or whatnot. And it's still part of your story so beautifully, right? Like there's mm-hmm. so much healing. I mean, Bridget said it in the beginning, you, you can hear it in your voice. Um, and I love that just meeting people where they are. I have to tell you guys, when I was 15, I was having a sleepover with one of my best friends at the time, the night before she was having her third abortion. Mm. And I wish I, you know, said the right thing. But again, it's so easy to say, you know, I wouldn't do it, but I'm not going to tell someone else what to do. And you hear that across the board on both sides um, Mm -hmm. growing up when really someone needs to hear, if you don't have anyone, you have me. Mm -hmm. You have me to go to the appointments with. You have me to watch your baby when you figure out a job, you name it. And so, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that part um, of your testimony. It's so relatable, like Ken said, because like when you were describing the situation of life that led to this event, I really, um, you know, I saw so much of my own college story in that. Mm -hmm. And I did not lead a pure life in college by any stretch of the imagination. And so I often think to myself um, that I could have found myself in this situation very easily, very, Mm -hmm. very easily. And Thank God I am with my now husband who, when we connected, he was not really dating in the right way either. And it was just this God thing. Like I had found a focus ministry. He had found one on his campus and he just plainly said to me at lunch at one of our first dates, he was like, I have not dated the right way. And I am looking for a girl who wants to try to do this with me. But we entered into relationship, very broken people. And we're married now and we are still healing from things that from choices we had made, you know, and addictions and things that you bring into a relationship from your past unless you pray through it and heal. And I think that's why Ken's and I have just become such like, um, healing junkies and why we started a retreat because we have seen the power of like women laying down their wounds and like leaving them at the foot of the cross. And it happens every retreat that we've had. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you offered to share your story, I was just like, yes, because so many women carry this alone. And I think that you, this is a powerful move to even share because I know that you release so much when you Mm -hmm. let go, when, when the power is taken away from the story and you're able to say, this was who I was, but look at who I am now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there a moment for you? Um, Can you name, maybe there's a couple, maybe there's one distinct moment in your life where you felt the Holy spirit just come into that place and just totally uproot the pain and wash it and cleanse it or was it a a time like was it like did was it something that took a lot of time they say time heals wounds right or was it one like kind of reversion type moment I think for me it was a lot of little moments um you know first um first kind of owning into what I've done it took me about six months to really and I mean, I, I'm grateful some people take years and years to be able to like really face um, the trauma that they, they went through. But with me, like, you know, I've, I started making worse and worse decisions. I almost felt like and um, mm-hmm. about six months uh, in, in, in other 
that circumstances to really face. So that was like kind of like almost like the first step, like facing um, what I had done, like coming to the realization, like, you know, um, what I did to my baby. And then um, and just like let, kind of letting that surrender a little bit um, in a way. And then, you know, um, I got to attend a wonderful like silent retreat. Uh, which I had this moment in which I realized that I didn't think I was going to go to heaven. I didn't know if I really wanted to go to heaven, that I didn't think I was worthy of heaven. Mm-hmm. But I realized um, that I wanted to because I one day. Um, that was also just a very um, powerful moment and, and just um, a very hopeful moment because, you know, if you're not hoping for heaven, I think life can be very hard. Um mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then later, like in my relationship with my husband, um, who it just, just very different background with me. Like he, you know, um, he, he did not have the same things that I went through. You know, he's, he was a pretty good Catholic, um, a virgin until marriage, you know, so like very different life circumstances, but just like, um, receiving that love from him and that, mm-hmm acceptance um you know and understanding and just um there was also very healing and you know other things like just practical things but that god used i think you know like seeking therapy getting involved with project rachel all those sorts of things a lot of like grace and like the holy spirit really powering like pouring out into those moments and like healing me bit by bit and um and um, acknowledging my kid, um, having things that kind of serve as reminders of him, even if I don't have any physical things of him or I don't know. And just, um, yeah, just getting, being intentional and, and praying, um, praying for him and praying with him and, and, and those sorts of things. I think those are moments that over time have brought me a lot of peace and comfort, um, and uh and i actually have one more and to the last one i promise <laughs> um no, you're good i um and i also attended um i end up eventually a missionary funny enough uh focus has been awesome in my healing uh journey and uh and i went into their um it was like their um interview weekend and i remember praying and um and I just really felt Mary's presence kind of affirming that she was like watching over my child. Um, and that was just very, very powerful because yeah, like I know that he's up there with her in mama Mary's arms and you can't go wrong with that. So um, that was just very comforting and, and it's very powerful. That's so beautiful. I hope that hits home to some people because I do feel in those moments of woundedness or a big choice or you can go left or right right like and you you said it took you months uh, six months and you you went the way that God had planned and so beautifully too like this uncovering this un unraveling of your story deeper and just for that ultimate healing and I think babies do that they bring new life and you can still have this healing process by offering him or her to Mary, who is the perfect mother. You said that. And that is just so powerful that you will get to meet that precious baby in heaven someday. And 
have a sibling for it too. I just, I think that's so lovely to hear. Thank you for sharing that. In these things that happen to us in life, we all have them. Like, it could have ruined you, you know, some things that happen in, um, in your life. And I just think it's so beautiful and so telling of the Holy Spirit's presence and how he can just cleanse all those places. So, so wonderfully. Um, my sister is a, an addict and she got pregnant two years ago and gave her baby up for adoption at the time. And I think that helped her in her addiction, right? Not the perfect circumstances, but something about her story has helped her other story. And we all have stories and it's just incredible what can happen if you pray and you keep diving deeper into the pain and keep seeking help. Those were great resources that you just shared with everyone. Project Rachel, the crisis pregnancy centers, having good friends. Is there other, other things that you can share with us that, you know, maybe new this year? I think there's a lot of talks out there, a lot of books out there that really describe, I mean, for some people it might be hard, but I think sometimes hearing about other people that have gone through this um, can be very helpful. Like I said, Project Rachel, um, it's just amazing, uh, really amazing community. Um, and I think it was really helpful for me and just in resources and things like that. You know, when I first got involved with them, they actually helped me um, pay for my um, my therapist, you know. So um, wow. it really they really are a big resource and just really willing to help you, whatever it is that you might need. Amazing. Um, I, yeah, it's exciting finding people that support you and love you mm -hmm. um i think a lot of people get really anxious that you know you're gonna tell your catholic friend your christian friend and they're gonna like judge you yeah but i'm i must tell you i've never told anyone um that looked at me differently or made me feel less than um i've i've only found love and support from these people um from, from really all of my Catholic and Christian friends. Um, they always been incredibly loving and caring, you know, like I had had friends that would call me on Mother's Day and wish me happy Mother's Day because, you know, they knew, um, they knew that, you know, I was a mom whether I had a, a kid um, this side of heaven. So it's, um, yeah, I think like community and and sometimes, you know, obviously you shouldn't be seeking out a relationship to heal, but just being open to what God might be working in your life. It would be very easy for me to to think that I wasn't worthy um, of my husband and, you know, like and, and of myself and, and that in those ways with him, you know, and with with him. Uh, but be willing to doing those things, I think, was also very healing for me, but also allowed him um, to really be Christ to and help me heal in that in in that way. So, what a story of a father, the father's love for you. How yes. he how he did that. How you describe your husband is just he was. You guys were handpicked for one another, and I just yeah, wow. Um, I was gonna say one thing about um the resources and everything. If there is a woman listening to this who has had an abortion and you know, the March for Life is tomorrow or when we when we air the episode, it will be happening um, that day. And if there if like old wounds trigger from that or something where they see that and maybe they haven't sought healing at all, um, 
what is kind of like a first step? Would you say, is it confession? What if this is just the first time, like maybe this conversation is triggering something for them that they want to start the healing journey. Um, what is like the first step would you say in opening your heart for that? I definitely think for me was one of the first steps was one of the first things was um, confession. Um, I also know that that might not necessarily be the case for everyone, you know, maybe confession is second or third. Um, But I find like finding someone that you trust to talk about it, I think would be the very first step. And that could be your priest or that could be a friend or that could be um, a therapist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think finding that person um, that uh, to, to kind of share, share your heart, share your wounds, be fully open, um, let yourself be vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very first step um, or like finding someone else, um, that went through like I said you know you guys know where to find me so you know if, if someone wants to come talk to me about it I'm happy to to oh, chat with them but uh, yeah I think it's like finding um, someone that you can talk to about it I think is the very first thing um, and then and then like confession again I, I'm a big fan of um, taking care of your mental health and mm-hmm. uh, no matter what type of abortion or what situation in which you have an abortion, I think it's a traumatizing experience, yeah. um, you know, both, both physically and emotionally. So seeking out that um, ma- help, that mental help. And I'm a big advocate for Catholic um, psychologists because mm-hmm. I've been with non-Catholic and Catholic psychologists in the past. And I the difference is gigantic to me. So, again, um, absolutely, yeah, finding... And eventually, um, depending where you are, even like seeking spiritual direction or, you know, just um, finding that community, um, whether it's within Project Rachel or a different group of community, finding that those people to really support you. But yeah, the first step is just, I can think, finding someone to really be vulnerable and open and, and be able to share your heart with. Have you always been Catholic or have, have you had like a deeper conversion through this and obviously and um I wondered if you could like touch on that more and kind of bring people on that ride with you like that you know the father's love is huge and no thing can ever scare him off nothing right can you talk about that yeah um I I was baptized as as a child. I wasn't baptized at, at birth, so in that sense, I've been <laughs> kind of always been Catholic. But um, but I I didn't. Again, I wasn't properly thought. So I think I always believed there was a God. I have some sense of that understanding of Jesus in my life. Um, that was you know that God was watching over us. That Jesus died for us. Um, but I think uh, there was a lot of like a lot of gaps in that understanding. And um, for most of my life, I think I felt deeply unloved uh, or unlovable even. Um, and um, it took a while to really understand um, how big God's love is for us. And um, this definitely actually was one of the things that um, really helped um, to give me a greater understanding that there's, there's nothing that I can do that can separate me from, from his love. There's nothing, um, you know, 
he's his love is just so big and you know he cares so deeply about me the lights um he delights on me like specifically uh, which is sometimes a hard thing to wrap our heads around it. I know, I, again, I have struggled with that. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I do think this is the worst thing I've ever done. You know, no sin is bigger than the other. But I know that this is the worst thing that I've ever done in my life. And I know, I have no doubts that he has forgiven me and he loves me. Um, but I think it definitely took time um, on... I believe it was the same silent retreat that I attended to that I mentioned that, you know, um, I was able to to think about going to heaven. Um, I also did like a big confession. I think it was a general confession, in fact. Um, and uh, the priest actually had me write a list of all the ways that God uh, sees me. And it was like probably one of the hardest things I had to ever pray with. But it was also like really empowering and, and powerful because... Again, I have to think about all the ways that God loves me in spite of my sin um, and and just kind of like trying to remind myself of that often. Um, not every day is going to be perfect, but I just I see if you're really willing to see. You can see all the little ways God is blessing each and every day. If you're you can look for the things that are going wrong or you can see all the little ways that God is redeeming every single moment of your life. And I, that's what I have found that he, he has an, a beautiful and amazing job of redeeming my story, my wounds and finding ways in which to bring me comfort and hope and um, consolation through it all. Even if it's not perfect, even if I, you know, I'm always going to have more healing to go through, but um, he's always finding different ways and new ways to, um, to redeem my life so beautiful I think that something like that is so palpable with the healing that you've experienced is how many lives you are blessing in the ministries that you're a part of Um, you know not going into too much detail um, but I wish I could go on and on with sharing how many things you do for your church for the youth groups that you're a part of I mean I have had girls come up to me after mass who were at an event that that you put on and they're like young girls and they'll be like hi miss o'boyle i loved that night that really meant so much to me and that Mm -hmm. like that whole conversation we had that night like changed my life so i think that the lives that you are impacting are just like grace is tenfold and ken's and i talk about this a lot on retreat and also on the podcast that sometimes you have to go through like deep levels of suffering to be able to like reach other people Mm -hmm. in a certain way. And I think that we have seen that in so many people that we admire in ministry that a lot of times there has been a hard part of their story um, that has led them to the redemption on the other side. And so like everything that you're doing now is just such a testament to that. So I just wanted to affirm you in that and just how, um, impressed I have always been by how much you're doing for the church. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, God gives us our crosses to bear, but those crosses are only ways for us to lead others towards him. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Be you or me. Um, I will, I'll take it. I've just been running with the kids, but uh, Holy, <laughs> Holy Spirit activate. <laughs> Holy Spirit activate. I love okay. that so much. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Lord, for the gift of our beautiful guest this evening, for her brave testimony, um, for her sharing her heart, and for the healing and redemption that you have shown everybody um, listening to this that is possible um, in, with new life in you. Um, we pray for anybody listening um, who has a hard part of their story um, that may connect to this, that they would give one, even just one inch towards you, um, whether that's personal prayer and diving deeper into the wound that they are um, struggling with or calling a friend, reaching out to a priest um, or a therapist, just give that woman listening the courage um, to take one step towards the beautiful healing and the life that you have ready for her. Um, I just thank you for both of the women um, on this uh, podcast and for the gift of sisterhood and um, that we always have a community in you um, through the church and just through women of faith who are just, it takes a village and we just pray that any woman listening um, who needs that can find that type of community that is going to empower her. Um, in your name, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.